Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Galaxies. So our topic today comes from Luke and John, who wrote in to say that they are enjoying the podcast and asked if we could talk some more about galaxies. So thank you for such a wonderful topic to talk about, Luke and John. So let's jump right into this. Now, the first thing is, well, what is a galaxy? Now, a galaxy is a huge collection in space of stars and a bunch of other stuff. We're going to get into what those other things in a galaxy are. But first, when we say huge, what do we mean by huge? Well, the smallest of the galaxies may have only a few hundred million stars. And I know, that doesn't seem like just a few when we're talking in the millions, but compared to the biggest galaxies that we've found, that's not very much. The largest one we know of has probably about a hundred trillion stars in it. And our galaxy, probably around 250 billion stars. So when we say these are big collections of stars, we mean big. These are ginormous. Now, even though they are really big and have lots and lots of stars in them, galaxies are mostly empty space. These are huge areas held together by gravity. Now, the name galaxy has kind of a fun story behind it because it's kind of like moon. So our galaxy, the galaxy, is what gives its name to all the other galaxies. So the first one we knew about was ours in the same way that the very first moon we ever knew about was the moon. We could look up and see it in the sky. Wow, there was a moon. And then once we started using telescopes and looking at other planets, we started finding they had these things going around them too. So we said, well, it's like our moon. Moon goes around us. So why don't we call them moons? So there's our galaxy and then there's galaxies. Now our galaxy in English, we usually call the Milky Way. And yes, it does have to do with milk. In fact, the word galaxy comes from the Greek word for milk. And this is because one of the ways that humans like to understand things is we like to tell stories about them. We create myths and different cultures all over the world have different stories and myths. And many different people have looked up and seen our Milky Way and told different stories about it. Now, many of those stories, the Milky Way has been some sort of river. And in many other ones, it's had something to do with milk. So in Greek mythology, the Milky Way, and there's several different ways this happened, but is milk that the god Hera spread across the sky that she spilt across the sky. And why milk? Well, if you ever have the chance to go outside when it's dark, you won't be able to do this in the middle of a city because there's a lot of light pollution in a city. But if you can go out to the countryside, maybe you can go camping or maybe you're really blessed to live somewhere where it's very dark. 
you go out on a night that there aren't any clouds and the moon isn't out, you may see that from horizon to horizon in the sky, there's this stretch of the sky that looks like it's more crowded than everything else. It's got more stars and it has this sort of fuzzy quality to it that really does almost look like a little bit of milk, but it's got these beautiful purples and browns and kind of goldeny red colors to it. You really have to let your eyes adjust to see that. So we thought it kind of looked like milk. Now it took us quite a while to start to figure out what we were really seeing. It wasn't until telescopes and some of the modern tools that we have to help us study the sky that we got a better idea. So what is all this stuff in a galaxy? Well, it's the stuff being held together by gravity, right? Now, gravity is that attractive force. We all know it. It's holding you to Earth right now. You're holding your head up against it. If you toss something in the air, it's going to fall back down to Earth because of gravity. So gravity is everywhere. It's not just on Earth. It's everywhere in space. And it's holding all kinds of things together. It's holding stars together. It's holding the moon to Earth and Earth to the sun and the sun to our galaxy, to the center of the galaxy. So of course, we have stars. Those are the things that we notice when we look out into space, just with the naked eye. But galaxies are also full of planets. And there's probably a lot more planets than there are stars. We think that most stars that we see when we look into the sky, most of those probably have planets. And there's actually a lot more stars than we can see just with the naked eye. Once we start using telescopes, we start seeing more and more stars. And of course, there are other things that are kind of in between stars and planets called brown dwarfs. They're similar to planets and they're similar to stars, but they're not quite either of them. And then there are all the stellar remnants. So these are the dead stars that they used to be stars, but now they've burned out and they've become what we call white dwarfs or neutron stars or black holes. There's a lot of black holes in galaxies. And again, all being held together by that gravity. Now, there's not just the big stuff like that. There's also lots of little stuff, lots of asteroids and comets out there and also nebulae. So nebula is a Latin word that means cloud and it's nebulae for plural. Sometimes you'll hear people put an S on the end, but since the word comes from Latin, we usually make it plural the way Latin makes things plural by making it a nebulae. So we'd also say supernovae instead of supernovas. So nebula is just any cloud of gas and dust. Now here's two terms that we use a lot in space science, gas and dust. So when we say gas, what we mean is hydrogen and helium. These are the two most common elements. And in most situations, they're always going to be in the state of matter of gas. There are some exceptions, like when we get inside really big, dense planet or to the, into the, excuse me, the planet themselves may not be very dense, but as the density increases, it squeezes those gases together, squeeze them, squeeze them, squeeze them. They can turn into liquids. But most of the time, they're floating out in space. They're just going to be in this gas state. Now, when we say dust, we mean anything else that's not hydrogen or helium. So we could mean any of the elements. Maybe there's little bits of gold floating around and there are, or there's little bits of carbon 
or combinations of things. There's ice crystals out there, so it has hydrogen in it, but it's also got some oxygen. We call all of that dust. Now, when you look up at the Milky Way and you see those beautiful browns and purples and reds, that's the dust that you're seeing. But it's really, really spread out. We're just looking at it from very far away. So it might look solid to us, but if we were to get close to it, we would actually see that those dust particles are very, very far apart. Now there's also dust lanes. So that's also what we see when we look up and we see the dust is long lanes, almost like interstellar highways of dust. And we don't see much of the gas with our human eyes, but our telescopes can help us see that there's lots of hydrogen between the stars. We call this the interstellar medium, the stuff between stars. And it's very, very spread out. There's not a lot of it in one clump. It's all spread out, but there's lots and lots of it total. And there's one more thing that we think makes up galaxies and makes up a lot of of the galaxies, and that is dark matter. Now, dark matter is still one of those big mysteries in space science right now. We don't really know what dark matter is because we can't actually see it. It doesn't seem to interact with light, but we know it's there because we can see how it's influencing the things around it. Sort of like our eyes don't see air on Earth, right? But we know that air's there because we can see what the wind does when it blows through a tree. So dark matter is kind of like that. We see how it influences things through gravity, even though we don't see it interacting with light. It's not giving off light or bouncing off light or anything like that. So galaxies are all of these things being clumped together by gravity. Now, galaxies, they're kind of like islands of material and then we'll have big, really, really empty spaces of space. And then there'll be another kind of island of material, and that'll be another galaxy. And these islands come in different shapes. So what you probably think of when you hear the word galaxy is a spiral galaxy. This is like our galaxy. It's shaped kind of like a big disc, like a plate or a frisbee. And in the middle, it's really dense. There's lots and lots of stars. There's usually a supermassive black hole at the center. And then around it going out, it gets less and less dense. There's fewer and fewer things, but still a lot because it's a galaxy and galaxies are huge. And those are all orbiting around the center of the galaxy, but they're doing it on a flat disk, kind of like the solar system. Now, there are other galaxies that we call elliptical galaxies. And this just means that they're kind of ball-shaped. Some of them might be really perfect spheres and others stretched out to the point that they almost look more like a hot dog than they do like a ball. And in this way, again, all the stars and the black holes and the nebulae, they're all orbiting around the center of the galaxy. And again, often there's a black hole there. Not always, but often, as far as we can tell, right? We're still trying to measure all of these different ones. but. They're all going around. They're just not all going around on the same plane. They're not going around in a flat way, like a merry-go-round. They're going around every which way. And then our third main class are the irregular galaxies. And those are exactly what they sound like. They're just sort of a strange shape. 
And this may be because this galaxy has gotten a little too close to another galaxy. And the gravity from that other galaxy is tugging on it and kind of changing the shape of it. We are saying it being tidally distorted. And sometimes galaxies merge together. And when they do, their shape can get kind of distorted, get a little bit messed up. Now, in a collision between galaxies, it's very unlikely that individual stars would end up hitting each other because, again, galaxies are mostly empty space. But when galaxies do collide with each other, that often triggers star birth. So we'll get new stars starting to form. Now, as we said at the beginning, galaxies come in lots of different sizes. We have small galaxies and we have really, really big galaxies. The small galaxies are called dwarf galaxies because they're little, right? Remember, dwarf is a word that we use when we want to say that something is small. So we have dwarf planets, we have dwarf stars, and we have dwarf galaxies. We think that most galaxies, just like in the case of stars and planets, most galaxies are small. They're dwarf galaxies. There's way more of the little ones than there are of the big ones. All right. Now, gravity has been the main player in forming these galaxies, right? So we get these islands of stuff of our galaxies all orbiting around moving around well gravity tends to pull galaxies together as well so we end up with clumps of galaxies and then these big empty spaces between them and those big empty spaces we call voids so we have different groups of galaxies now our group our little neighborhood of galaxies is called the local group and then we're part of larger and larger structures until we get all the way out to this really, really big, what we call super cluster of galaxies that we call Laniakea. And we're all clumped and moving together in the same direction as the universe itself is expanding. But our gravity, we're close enough that our gravity is strong enough to hold us together. And we're interacting and moving around and one galaxy is tugging on another and another on another. And the Milky Way has a neighbor galaxy called Andromeda. Andromeda is actually bigger than us. And Andromeda is one of the galaxies that you can see with your naked eye. Now, most galaxies you need a telescope for. Any direction you look in the sky is full of galaxies far, far away, many millions and millions of light years, even billions of light years away. It's just full of it. We think that there are hundreds of billions of galaxies every direction we look. But Andromeda is pretty close to us. And Andromeda and the Milky Way, we're falling towards each other. And about four or five billion years, the two galaxies we think are going to merge and make an even bigger galaxy. So you could go out and see Andromeda. You can also see, now you have to be in the northern hemisphere to see Andromeda. You can see the Milky Way that we are inside of from either hemisphere. And if you live in the Southern Hemisphere, there are two nearby galaxies that you can spot called the Small and Large Magellanic Clouds. So if you've got the chance, go ahead and go out with a star map, something like that, and see if you can find these galaxies. Now they'll look kind of like little smudges to your eye, but if you point a pair of binoculars or a telescope at them, then you'll start to see more and more details. Well, thank you so much, Luke and John. This was a wonderful topic. And hopefully we'll come back and talk lots and lots more about galaxies and other topics in future episodes. So 
If any of you listening have any topics or questions you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, please go ahead and send them to the email in the description. So in the show notes, and I hope that you all have dark skies and remember to stay curious. <laughs>